Hey guys, welcome back to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. This week's episode is going to be slightly different than usual. I did an interview for the weekend wellness show back in August with the host Liam Zolo and we basically went over different aspects of training and nutrition and a little bit about myself. Um, It goes for around 45 to 50 minutes but we go into a lot of detail about heaps of different aspects of health and fitness and I think you'll take a lot of value from it. So sit back, relax, enjoy today's episode. As always, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast already, please do. I'd love it if you could leave a review on today's episode and also go and check out these guys. I'll put the link to their show in the show notes. Ladies and gents, welcome to the Weekend Wellness Show. This is Liam Zoller, your host. We're on tour now. Uh, Usually we film live down at the bucket list. Uh, We'll be filming live today and we wanted to bring on a guest uh, I had to bring this guy on because I've just been uh, super excited to chat to him as well. But I've been uh, listening to your podcast, Dan Kennedy. Welcome in, Dan. Thanks for having me, Liam, mate. Pleasure, pleasure to be on the show. Mate, and the reason why I'm, I'm very excited about this opportunity is because you, you are currently in America um, fulfilling your dreams at the moment. I listen to that podcast. Uh, I'm, you know what? You've got to forgive me on because it's not directly in front of me, but to, you, you talked about... Um, you know, go, just going for it, and it was a, a little podcast. It was uh, a couple of episodes ago, and you talked about going to America and not knowing if it was the right decision until you were there. So that really, I, when I heard that one, that really hit home for me. That like, shit, I've got to get this guy on board because we've got a similar personality. Just going for it, that going for it attitude. So, um, mate, v- welcome into the show. I'm very excited. Yeah, thanks, man. I, I did get a pretty good response from that episode, and it was kind of something that I'd been thinking about posting um, for a while, and I was actually just sitting in my Airbnb. As you mentioned, I'm in LA at the moment, so I was sitting in my Airbnb and just thought, you know, like I, I, more people should be doing this because I'd, I'd actually just got home from kind of a, a big day of, um, you know, doing some work and just getting out and about and training and stuff, and I just thought to myself, you know, how good is this? Um, mm. and you know I, I really just want other people to be able to experience the same thing because anybody can do it um, which is the point I was trying to get across so I'm glad you come across the, the podcast man it's good fully commit that was the episode it was going to eat me until I actually said it <laughs> fully commit that was it and it really hit home it gave, gave me the opportunity just to realize that you know even in being in the fitness industry myself for the last 11 years and now hosting this radio show been lucky enough to do that um, and you know a bunch of other things within the the health and fitness industry. Just to get that concept from someone like yourself again, just to listen to that, just to fully commit, uh, and, and just to realise that I've, I've been going half-assed in some some things myself, and just to get that message again, it's it's really it was like a a, a punch to the face in a good way, you know. Just wake up and and just go for it. So thank you for that, mate. I really appreciate that. No problems at all. Like I said, I'm so, glad I've, I was able to have that that impact. Yeah, and that's that's what the beauty of podcasts is, and and that's what I wanted to share with the broader broader community. I just wanted to share who you are first, and I mean the second question is a big big question that I ask people as well. And what's your purpose to to go around and seek um, this wider community that you're trying to to bring together through going overseas? Like, what's your purpose around that? Yeah, cool, man. So um, basically, yeah, who am I? I 
come from a country town in Victoria in Australia. Um, I actually moved to Melbourne, I think it was five, maybe six years ago now, um, to pursue a basketball career. So I went there and did that full-time for two years. And then mm. I had a an ankle injury, which kind of stopped me in my tracks. And I'd already done my personal training certificate while I was in year 12. So um, I'd always had a massive interest in the gym. And because I was playing basketball so much, it kind of got to the point where I was more interested in training in the gym than what I was actually playing and training basketball. So um, the opportunity came about after I had my Rico to start personal training full-time because previously before that, I just didn't have time to do it. Um, so I started that journey, uh, decided to step on stage and compete in a men's physique competition, which was kind of just completely left field, something that myself or anyone in my friends group anyway hadn't never really done before. So it was something I wanted to do and I was, I'm very goal driven. So I thought instead of just sitting around waiting for my ankle to, you know, recover, I'll do something else and give myself something to focus on, which was good. So I did that. Um, and then from there, really never looked back. I, I never went back to basketball. I really started getting into a good groove with the personal training and stuff and, um, you know, absolutely loved it. So I didn't see any point in kind of taking a backward step with that when in the long term, that's what I wanted to do. So, um, you know, after about 12 months or so, I got I got a few requests from just, just from mates asking me to put together some nutrition plans and training programs and whatnot because um, they were kind of seeing the results that I was getting. So uh, initially I put together, yeah, like I said, some nutrition plans, diet plans, um, training programs and whatnot just for a few mates um, and started getting more and more people asking me to put them together. So I thought, you know, why not make a bit of extra coin around this um, and and turn it into a bit of an online business, which gave me a bit of a backup plan because I'm sure, as you know, with personal training, it's very inconsistent um and there's not really not really much assurance that you're going to be getting you know x amount of hours every week so with the online coaching it really gave me something else to focus on um and once i started seeing that the stuff that i was giving people was helping um and it was you know literally changing people's lives and obviously their physique and stuff as well i thought why not try and get more information out um for free uh to as many people as I can. So I started my website, which I was releasing blogs kind of as much as possible. Um, started a YouTube channel uh, just over a year ago, started my podcast. Uh, and just on social media, I was putting out posts that not so much were, you know, really high quality photos or anything like that, which I probably changed a little bit now, but I was just mainly focusing on giving value to people um, and just helping as many people as I can. Um, but yeah, in the last few years, I continued with the physique, um, competing and currently prepping at the moment. So it's good being over here in LA, uh, training in some warmer weather. That's for sure. Melbourne was pretty horrid by the time I left there. Um, mm. but I guess my purpose mm. around this, as I've kind of touched on is to provide as much value as I can to people, um, you know, ultimately for free, because when I've been able to help people through health and fitness and show them how much they can, how much they, you know, able to achieve with, with nutrition and training and how good they can actually feel and how life-changing it actually is, you know, just seeing others benefit from that really does make me feel good. And, um, you know, that's just something I really enjoy. You know, if I make money out of it along the way, then that's great. But, you know, obviously with the podcast and the YouTube and blog and everything, I'm just trying to put out as much content as I can because, you know, I know how good I 
feel when I'm eating well, training well. Um, the people I've met through health and fitness and whatnot has just been awesome, you know, giving me the opportunity to do things like this, like come across people like yourself who I probably would never have come across before, obviously. Um, mm. But the power of social media and the internet these days is pretty unreal. So, um, you know, just the, the, the plain fact that you come across my podcast when we don't know each other and that's been able to impact you who's you know in the fitness industry yourself is pretty unreal so i guess that's my purpose and um i just can i just hope to continue to grow my online coaching business and presence to be able to kind of get more content out to more eyes and ears yeah definitely and with the, like with the training because you've got a i mean your physique, man, you're killing it. Look at it, you shredded up. You, you, I'm not showing you. I'm not showing my girlfriend these photos of, of you, man, because she'll be getting. She'll be saying, "Oh, you got to start looking like Dan Kennedy." <laughs> oh man, you got to look at two things, though. I think it's it's more about um, physique and it's about nutrition. Yeah, it comes yeah, down sure. to, Sorry, it comes down to training and training, nutrition. Nutrition, yeah. Training and nutrition. So we'll tackle the the training first. Do you, how do you find yourself changing your training program on a what on a cycle and does it always have to be so uh, limited to um, you know body parts or do you do full bodies as well within that yeah so this part of you know the training aspect for me was definitely what I changed initially um, you know as I started out like most people basically just reading and watching anything I could online trying the stuff out of all the magazines and training you know basically to failure every time i was in the gym a lot of lightweight high rep stuff because i've thought that's what was going to get me kind of ripped up and and jacked i guess but after i did a bit of research and trial and error and stuff i i really looked into it properly and figured out that you know to gain lean muscle mass which i think should be everyone's goal because the more lean muscle mass you have the faster your metabolism is and you know um the the way you do that is progressively overloading over time um, with your strength training and on certain movements. So for me, I target every muscle group twice per week. So I don't necessarily work in a body part type split. I more so work in movement patterns. So um, I will do a upper body push day. So that would be chest, triceps, and delts. I'll do an upper body pull, which would be back, um, rear delts, and biceps, and then legs. And I'll do that through twice um throughout the week and that obviously changes up from time to time in time in terms of like actual training cycles and and different um periodization and whatnot you can go into a ridiculous amount of detail about that and there's so many different ways you can cycle your and periodize your training but i think in the end of the day like i said it comes down to progressive overload over time so just finding a way of training that you enjoy for starters, um, that's the most important part because, you know, the best, you know, they say the best training program and the best diet you can do is the one that you're going to stick to. So it, regardless of how good a training program is on paper, if you don't enjoy it and you don't stick to it, it's no good. So um, for me, I just make sure I hit all my compound movements. So the big movements like your squats, deadlifts, bench press, overhead press, pull-ups, rows, all that type of stuff, I hit those first in my session make sure over time I'm trying to get stronger in different rep ranges um, and then I'll add in some accessory stuff towards the end. With my cardio stuff, I, you know, I'm probably naturally more so a runner than what I am a lifter, I guess you would call it. Um, so I used yeah. to do a lot of running, but that was probably my problem. I, I had it, you know, I've, I guess my hard gainer, ectomorph type body type. So 
I struggle to put on size. So now I kind of opt for the high intensity interval training, um, which works hand in hand with what I'm trying to do anyways, is, is, you know, have that what do you mean by the, yeah, sorry, mate. What do you mean by the high intensity interval training part of it? Because I know that this is a popular uh, question. I didn't mean to interrupt you on that one. I just think, just in case it, um, it didn't, didn't pop up again. And I thought it's a valid point because, uh, some, my job actually, I don't know if you know much about me, my job is the personal training manager at Fitness First Market Street. So, awesome. you know, I managed 25 PTs there. I wasn't saying that from an ego point of view, but the question is that comes up for me a lot um, with because we deal with I deal with members and I yep. deal with the, the trainers as well. So, you know, my, my job is not uh, 20 people to deal with or 30 people to deal with a week. It's in the thousands. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a common thing. Like what's my intensity level of where it should be, and you know, and we say high intensity training. So does that mean interval training? Does that mean more reps? Does that mean less rest? What do you mean by that? Yeah, so I've actually done a uh, an article on this, which you know the listeners can check out um, at my website, which uh, I might send you the link for them to check out because it's an interesting topic. Like you know, especially what's more beneficial out of low intensity steady state cardio and high intensity interval training for fat loss and i think there's a place for both but what i find with the interval training so first of all what it is is that high intensity is as high intensity as possible so i'm talking 100 percent intensity for a short period of time so for me that's anywhere between five and let's say a max of 20 seconds you look at someone like you know one of the world's best athletes of all time usain bolt he can run 200 meters at maximum intensity and even then by the end of the 200 meters he's basically out of steam so how anyone from the general public thinks that they can do high intensity for you know 30 45 seconds is beyond me because you see a lot of people doing interval training where they they might be on you know let's say the treadmill doing 30 seconds on 30 seconds off although it is interval training it's not traditional and true high intensity interval training because that high intensity needs to be the point where you know you feel like you do after you did doing a 100 meter sprint at school you're absolutely gassed you need you know anywhere from 60 seconds to even a couple of minutes recovery time before you go again because that's where you're going to get the most benefit from so you know an example of a a high intensity interval training session which is also referred to as hit maybe something along yeah. the lines of um let's just use the example of a sled push uh, you might put a little bit of weight on the sled and you might push it as hard as you possibly can for 15 seconds. And, you know, wherever the sled ends up, that's where you stop. Now, by the end of that, you should not be able to speak. Like you should be, as I mentioned, you should be absolutely smashed by then. Um, and then resting, like I said, anywhere from, let's say, 45 seconds all the way up to a minute and a half, two minutes until you get to the point where you go, all right, this next effort, I know I can go 100% and get this same feeling again because, if you're resting 20, 30 seconds after every interval, then by the time you get to the second or third interval, your performance is going to be pretty horrible because you're going to be that wrecked that you're not actually going to be able to put in the effort you need to to get the full benefit out of it. So there's been studies shown that you know the difference between low intensity steady state and hit is that by the time you finish your steady state cardio for 30 minutes or whatever it may be on the cross trainer, you're burning calories while you're doing the exercise, but as soon as you finish, basically your body stops burning energy. You know, you might burn 300 calories, um, but as soon as you're done, it's done. Your body stops burning calories. Whereas with high-intensity interval training, you might work out for a total you know, time of like five, 10 minutes. 
max, yeah. which is the other benefit. It's, it's so good for people that have that busy lifestyle and don't have time to be able to go out for an hour run or whatever it may be. And you may only burn 100 or 200 calories in that time period, but your body is going to be in a state of epoch. So you basically can't get enough oxygen to the working muscles, um, which is caused by that high intensity. So over the span of, I think they've proven you know, up to 48 hours or something like that, something ridiculous like that, yeah. your body can still be burning energy. So, um, you know, like I said, there's a place for both. And some people do just enjoy going for a run, which, you know, I 100% understand. Like, I enjoy going for a run. So there'll be times where I just go out for a cruisy 5 or 6K run. But for fat loss, I've found the most beneficial way and, you know, the the most time-efficient way as well is high-intensity interval training. And I'll typically do anywhere from five to a maximum, an absolute maximum of 15 sets um, of those intervals. And if I was doing 15, it might be like five or 10 seconds of work time for every interval. Um, so a typical session for me would be around about seven to 10 sets of, a, of let's say, 15 seconds of work with a minute up to a minute and a half rest between each one. So what... So do you, do you generally, because like what, what we do with Fitness Versus is uh, squat, lunge, bend, push, pull, uh, gait, I think is in there. They're the, okay. they're the foundation movements. Yep. So is that what you try and target? Because you mentioned that you want to do, you target foundation movements or is it more um, tailor-made to towards sculpting that particular area when you, you know, when you said, uh, you know, you do the upper body, for example. Yep. You do your chest and triceps. So would you be um, would you be more focused on just doing those uh, you know individual ones or you know when you were talking about the sleds where would you add that into your program if it's if is that that'd be more considered a full body? Yeah, sure. So you know, firstly, I always think regardless of whether we're talking about a bodybuilder or we're talking about um, you know just an athlete or someone from the general public that's trying to get fit and build a bit of muscle, I still think everything you should you should always be maintaining some form obviously of functionality so with my training i focus on movements not so much you know working a specific muscle obviously there's a time and place for that and because i'm trying to actually increase muscle size i will add in isolation stuff at the end of a session but the focus is always on those multi-joint and you know the the movements where you're using more than one muscle group at a time so and another thing to, to take into account is, you know, I, I work with a lot of clients who work in the corporate world, so they'll be sitting down all day. Or, you know, most of the population sits down more than they stand up. So, you know, tight hip flexors, um, tight pecs, all that stuff, you know, the, the most common cause of lower back pain is tight hips. You know, everybody mm. is wondering why they have a sore back, why they, you know, athletes in particular, especially amateur level, why they tear their hamstrings. It's because you spend so much time in that that flexion state of your hips where your hip flexors are tightened up and you know you spend no time doing mobility or stretching and, and whatnot to try and counterbalance that to the point where your hips are actually lengthened. That that lower back pain most of the time is just caused by that anterior pelvic uh, sorry, the anterior pelvic tilt, which is caused yeah. by tight hip flexors. So you know, you got to take that into account as well. A lot of people need more work on their posterior, more from a actual postural point of view than um, than the aesthetic uh, point of view. Because a lot of people just train the muscles that they can see. That's why you know most of us guys love going in and training 
chest and biceps, the beach muscles that, that we can kind of see ourselves training in the mirror. But the most important yeah. ones is that posterior chain is your, your core muscles and whatnot. So with something like a sled and any high-intensity interval training, you should always do that at the end of the session or separate to your strength training. Because if you're okay. going, if you're going in and doing ten sets of interval training right at the start of your session, then the quality of your strength training is going to be pretty bad. Because by the end of that ten sets, like I said, you should be you know ready to go home by, by the time mm. you've done that. So saving that towards the end, or like I said, doing it completely separate. Yeah, so that's that's a good point. See, I've been starting doing like for me, for example. Yeah. Like I'm so used to it from my rugby league and boxing back did a bit of boxing as well yeah uh so we're just so used to going into it straight away and not spending that time to work on those foundation movements first uh as much and then going into that high intensity interval training towards the end so yeah, just sure. on that on that scenario what what do you think you know i don't know if i haven't heard much of you talking about it or i might have missed it and so i apologize for that in, in advance um not done my research properly but what's your, what's your thoughts on crossfit Look, I, I don't have a problem with CrossFit. Like, I think that it does have a relatively bad name, I think, in the um, in the fitness industry. But it is partly due to the fact that there are good cross... It's like anything. There's good CrossFit coaches and there's bad CrossFit coaches. Mm. The good ones are teaching guys to, you know, are building, like, ridiculously good athletes. Like, you look at some of the top CrossFit athletes and you're just, like, amazed at what they can do how they look, their work capacity and whatnot. But then, you know, if we're talking about a CrossFit club who has someone who's been lifting for less than 12 months and at the end of the workout they're trying to do an Olympic lift, which, you know, guys that are good at Olympic lifting, you know, will will take 6 to 12 months just to learn the movement, let alone do it with a, with a, uh, with a heavy weight. That's where you're going to get injuries and I think that's like anything. But whenever you've got someone that's completely fatigued and they're being asked to perform a highly complex movement, it's never going to end well. So that side of CrossFit I'm not a fan of at all, but I think if it's done well, it's amazing. Like I've done forms of it in the past for, you know, pre-season for football and basketball, and I really like it because it's kind of it's kind of right up my alley because I love the strength training, but like I said, naturally I'm probably better at the um at the cardio side of things to be honest so it's good having that mix of being able to do strength and cardio and just finishing the session and knowing that you're you're absolutely smashing you've given it your all but um unless it's taught properly it can be can be pretty dangerous and some of the you know as you would know some of the videos and stuff you see of some crossfit workouts just has you kind of dumbfounded at how that can even be allowed to be done in a uh, in yeah. a, in like a supervised training session, and what the coaches are thinking when they're giving someone that workout, and more so, like I said, if you've got someone who's a a trained athlete who's been training for a long time, and they're really willing to push themselves, and they've got good technique and everything like that, then you know go ahead. But if you've got someone who is relatively new to training, you know they should be spending majority of their time learning the movements and learning the movement patterns not just going straight into a workout that you would expect to see from someone who's been training for five, ten years. Yeah, yeah, good good point. So if we were to wrap up that side of things uh, in terms of training, I know it just comes down to many, many levels and that's why people should invest in Dan Kennedy's 
uh, online programs. Um, Appreciate obviously. The so, but just to summarize in two two things that we could focus on with our training, so that if someone's starting their journey and they want to go down the path of you know looking good and feeling good yeah. and, and doing it right, what would be two tips you could give people? Yeah, I'll I'll say three things. So the first thing I've already mentioned is. Whatever you decide, make sure that you enjoy it and don't do it because you think that's what's going to work best or it's what someone else has told you to do. You have to enjoy the way you train. Otherwise, you're never going to make good progress or the progress that you could be making if you really love doing what you're doing. If you're genuinely looking forward to going to the gym all day, then you're, you know, it's, it's just common sense. Your progress is going to be so much better. Second thing is... As I've mentioned, you need to learn movement patterns. So things like squatting, deadlifting, even things like pull-ups, overhead press, um, bench pressing and whatnot, they're all – strength training is a skill and it takes time to learn and you need to practice it often. It's like if you were squatting once a week and not seeing progress but you're not happy with that, it's like saying, you know, I've been playing guitar or trying to learn guitar like once every one or two weeks now for a year and I'm no good at it. You need to be practicing it mm. more than that. Um, so learning the movement patterns and don't be afraid to kind of take it slow like for example with a squat when I've got someone who's never squatted before never squatted in a gym the progression for that may be you know body weight squats to a bench and then we'll remove the bench then we might add in a kettlebell and bring the bench back in with doing a front squat until they've got to the point where they're activating their glutes their movement pattern's good they're squatting perfectly and they're comfortable and then that last progression is when we might add in the barbell but rushing into something, you know, that's the, one, it's the quickest way to get an injury and two, you're just, you're just never going to feel comfortable doing it. So progressively overload on those big main movements, um, I guess, is my second point as well as learning the skill. So things like the squat, bench, deadlift, overhead press, all the stuff that everybody knows, focus on those before you focus on isolation movements. Mm-hmm. And in terms of, you know, it, it does ultimately come down to nutrition when we're talking about body composition, but... With the cardio side of things, I would definitely recommend everybody at least have have a go at interval training, um, and you know real interval training where you're pushing yourself as hard as possible for very short periods of time, and you'll be amazed at the results. Like I, I'm not going to um, quote the exact study because I don't know all the details, but I know there has been studies done showing you know people all they're doing for the whole week is a total of two or three minutes of of actual work and they're dropping body fat every week. And all you've got to do is, there's obviously a lot more that goes into it than this, but look at the physique of a sprinter compared to a marathon runner. Like the person doing a marathon is doing hours and hours and hours of cardio every single week. Whereas a sprinter may finish up a week of training and they've run two and a half minutes for the whole week, if that. Yeah. And they look phenomenal. Um, obviously mm. diet and the strength training comes into it as well but I think that's there's definitely something there that you can take take from what they what, what a sprinter or a, a fast switch fiber athlete looks like so um, there, yeah to go over those again one enjoy your training two focus on the big movements and learn them and, and learn them well and the third thing is try your hand at interval training um, for your conditioning awesome do we do we have time nutrition uh, wrap up tips because I know you got to head on so oh, do we have to wrap it up from there no mate it's alright I've, uh, I've actually moved the next thing so we're good to go awesome man well I just wanted to go on to the we've, we've covered the training side and I just wanted to go into the nutrition 
Uh, I listened to your podcast, and what I loved about it is I listened to your podcast of ditching the scales uh, as well. So that really, you know, that's a, that's a good point because it's a lot of similar messages that I've been saying to people for years, and it's good that uh, that's why, as I said before, bringing you on this, this show is just a good find who goes into a physique competition and to see you humble simultaneously and giving people great information that's just not you know it's not fake information it's it's just good to see you know um so it's just hats off to you mate I, i'm i think that you're a humble man listening to your, your podcast and I'm, I'm really fortunate enough that we can have this conversation together so and you, you've you've obviously showed that through the training side of things you know not limiting people to you know just just um isolating movements you know giving the comp um, movements that they that you used to do that's also going to play a part into having a good physique so on the nutrition side of things how can we how can we simplify that for people in this in this in this world you know uh, because you mentioned in the other podcast about eating junk um and you know so how can we simplify that because we're always going to want to have that burger and i know you touched on calorie deficit yep so what can we say about that yeah, so with nutrition, like this is something that I took a massive interest in because I struggled with it a lot early on, um, and it's obviously you know it's obviously the number one problem most people have. Everybody knows how to go to the gym and train, but not everybody knows how to eat for results, and um, you know that's why there's so much money in the in the diet industry, I guess, and that is a big problem because there's so many fad diets now. People just making money off different, um, you know, the brand, you know, the new and improved diet that comes out every single week. But yeah. in the end of the day, it's been proven, and it's just, it's just evidence backed. It's science that to lose weight, you need to be expending more energy than you're taking in, which is usually done by eating in a calorie deficit, and all that means is you're burning more energy than you're taking in. So, whatever amount of calories that you're going to maintain your body weight on, you need to be eating less than that to lose weight and there's that's all there is to it to be honest mm. same with gaining weight you need to be eating more than your maintenance so you're in a calorie surplus um and you know that's the basics of it and then obviously there's more detail there where you go into your macronutrient breakdown which it all sounds very difficult but in the end of the day it's extremely simple and if it's worth if it's you know two to three weeks of your life really just knuckling down and trying to understand how that all works for a lifetime of results, then it's well and truly worth it. And everybody that I work with says that, you know, after two or three weeks, you know, we might have someone who has absolutely no idea about nutrition at all. And, mm. um, you know, what I always do with my clients and myself is I figure out how many calories they are eating per day to maintain whatever their weight is currently. Um, and from there, whatever their goal is, you know, that's what's going to dictate what we do with their calories. So if they want to lose weight, just put them in a slight calorie deficit, so slightly eating less than what they're expending. Um, and then to gain weight, obviously the opposite, which I've already mentioned. With protein, um, you know, quickly go into specifics, but we don't need to go worry about it too much. You mm. know, I always recommend everybody should be getting at least two grams of protein per kilo. Um, so let's say for someone who's 80 kilos, that's 160 grams a day. Um, and 160 grams of protein isn't 160 grams of chicken either. That's probably a question that I get a lot. Yeah, um, that's a good one. Good yeah, point. so for example, a 200 grams raw weight of chicken is around about 40 grams of protein. So the first thing I always notice when I get the questionnaire back from a new client is that most people aren't eating enough protein 
and they're eating too many carbohydrates and fats. Um, and in the end of the day, it's really not, you know, weight loss, weight gain, fat loss, muscle gain really isn't dependent on what you're eating as such. It's more so how much you're eating. And once you get your head around that, it becomes so much easier. Like there's, there's really nothing to it. It's extremely simple. And, uh, you know, my saying that I love to say all the time is flexibility is the key to sustainability. So just as we t- talked about with training before, there's no point starting a diet that you know that you're not going to be able to stick to for the rest of your life or you know that you're not going to enjoy because in the end of the day, it may give you quick results, which everybody's after, but you know the downfall is going to be just as quick, if not quicker. So let's say you go on a diet where you completely cut out carbohydrates, which one is breaking my number one rule of dieting, and that's completely restricting yourself from something that you know you can't go the rest of your life without. So... You might do that for four to five weeks and see really good results, but by the time that's done, all you can think about is eating carbohydrates. So you go yeah. back to doing it, probably eating more than you were before. Next thing you know, you're in just as just same position as what you were before you started, if not worse. So my philosophy is that everything in moderation and you're not restricting yourself from anything. So let's say, uh, Liam, you enjoy a glass of wine on a Friday and Saturday night or even a couple of glasses of wine. Yeah, I was going to say that, mate. You should have upped that one. Not one, maybe a couple. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to keep it moderate for the show, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so let's say, for example, you enjoy a couple of glasses of red every um, Friday and Saturday night. Then if, I'm, if you're my client, I'm not going to tell you to not have those because I know that's not going to make you happy. And, it's, and you're, every Friday and Saturday night, you're going to be thinking, oh, you know, I wish I could have a glass of wine. So instead, we just work around it. We just make sure that it's accounted for in your calorie intake for the day. Um, and we're sweet so and that applies for anything it applies for the burger you might have when you go out with your friends or the pot and palmer you might have when you go out with your friends or even just a little bit of chocolate after dinner every single night that's fine because you don't want to cut out something you can't go your rest of your life without so for example at the moment i'm prepping for a physique show and i'm eating ice cream nearly every single day Um, and people people kind of go like like obviously it's just genetics or whatever but i said you know i can i can clearly eat enough ice cream to the point where i'm not going to lose any weight if if anything i'm going to gain weight but you can say the same thing for chicken breast brown rice and broccoli you can eat enough of that to gain weight so it all comes down to your calorie intake and and i do stick by a 90 10 rule which i use just meaning that 90 percent of your food should be coming from whole foods and nutrient nutrient dense foods because um, in the end of the day, that's what's going to make you feel good, going to perform well, sleep well, um, and that's the healthiest option, obviously. But ten, that 10%, whether it's every day or whether it's every second day or just on the weekends, can be allocated for something that's not necessarily seen as diet food or or something that's, you know, quote-unquote healthy because that's what's going to basically keep you sane. <laughs> Um, exactly. you know, the something that I see so often and probably more so with females is that reoccurring cycle of binge eating and the reason why people binge eat is because they restrict themselves from something long enough that they can't go any longer without it and then they binge on it and then they repeat the cycle and once you get in that cycle it's just a reoccurring thing whereas if you love ice cream and you're eating it multiple times per week or whenever you actually feel like it you're never going to get to the point where you're like oh i'm going to eat the whole tub tonight because you haven't restricted yourself from it at all 
So you don't feel like you've been missing out. You don't feel like you need to make up for lost time or whatever it may be, which is typically what happens when you do restrict yourself from certain foods. And most diets, the first thing that they restrict is certain food groups or certain macronutrient groups when the only thing that you should be restricting when you're dieting is your calorie intake to a certain extent. And even then, most people drop their calories way too low. Um, You know, drastic... Drastic changes lead to drastic results, but as I've mentioned, that can also lead to drastic changes in the wrong way, um, which is often the case. So, you know, if I was maintaining my body weight at 3,000 calories a day, for example, and I wanted to start losing weight, then I would would literally start eating 2,900 or 2,800, so barely any difference from the three, but I am over time going to lose weight because I'm in a calorie deficit, and it's that easy. Um, I just rotate my food sources, whatever I kind of feel like on the day, make sure I'm eating enough protein and we're good to go. I, you know, at the moment it's, it's starting to get a little bit harder now because I'm getting a bit leaner, but I've literally barely felt like I've been dieting at all. And I'm kind of six weeks away from a physique show. Whereas you speak to most people when they're dieting for a physique show and 10 weeks out there, you know, they're about ready to call it quits because the last thing they want to see is another egg white or another another bowl of oats in the morning. So, you know, like I said, flexibility is definitely the key to sustainability in the long run. So if it's not sustainable, then in my eyes, there's really no, no point in starting it. Yeah, awesome. I love that concept. Flexibility is a key to sustainability. It's, it's one that I'm going to be uh, definitely taking on board for the for the big boys in the gym that, uh, that love to train hard and eat the oats in the morning and then a couple of girls in in our in our gym that are actually doing a bikini uh or a sculpting i don't know i don't i don't know the difference it's yeah, like okay. ibf or something like that they're doing at the moment so okay, yeah. every morning egg whites when you said the egg whites thing i was just smiling yeah. inside because i just go into their locker room from my office and just go what's that smell like every morning oh, it's man. egg whites so that's um, another thing be- another thing worth mentioning is you know, there's no food, there is no foods that make you lose weight, just as there is no foods that make you gain weight. Pe- yeah. You know, like pizza and burgers don't automatically make you gain weight. But if you eat too many calories, you will gain weight. And most of the time, people are going to eat too many calories when they're having pizza and burgers because they are so calorie dense. But like I said, you can gain weight from chicken breasts and brown rice and broccoli. You can gain weight from eating too many eggs or um, too many oats. You know, there's no yeah. food, there's no such thing as a good or bad food when it comes to body composition. Yeah, so that's a good point as well. So when you touched on, uh, you know, eating that burger or pizza, I think people beat themselves up, and, and it's like, oh, I've, I've beaten myself up, you know, because I've eaten that that mm. junk food. Mm. So how how much time do you give yourself? Like, I, I think you touched on this in in one of the podcasts as well that I listened to that you give yourself a you know, you don't look at things over a 24-hour period. Is it a weekly period? Is that correct? Like, if I was to eat, because I—I'll be honest with you—I had some pizza last night. You know, today, <laughs> what do I get do to get back on the horse? And you know, making sure that I'm uh, I'm I'm succeeding in keeping myself in the right calorie range. Mm, absolutely nothing, to be honest. You just need to, that's this is what I call the um, the goldfish mentality, and we just want to get to the point where you're not having to use it as much, but basically you want to forget about yesterday and just move on because that's where most people go wrong is they will go and have that pizza today and then tomorrow they'll cut their calories they'll train for an extra hour they'll do everything to make up for it 
but then two days later they feel the same way again and they want pizza again because they've deprived themselves that much so you just got to you just got to move on and, and just make sure that you're limiting those times but if you were yesterday to track that pizza and make sure that it was within your calorie goal then today you shouldn't feel bad at all and it yeah. does it, if you've been in under the mindset of good and bad foods which most people are it does take a little while to be able to mentally just go all right i've had um you know i've had some ice cream or whatever but it does fit in my calories so it doesn't matter it does take a little while because you you do like you said you mentally think to yourself i've stuffed up here but it doesn't have to be that way and over time you do get a lot better at it but the best thing i can recommend if you do have a day where you do completely overeat is the next day just forget about it just get back on track um you might increase your water a little bit because you most likely your body will be holding a little bit of extra water from sodium and glycogen but other than that nothing you don't like I said, drastic changes always lead to drastic results, whether it's good or bad. So you just want to remain consistent over time and, and that's what's going to give you the best results in anything. Yeah, I love that. Well done, man. It's good. This is the humble man that I, that I, that I was listening to on the podcast and it's good to see. So, and I'm Italian as well, so obviously <laughs> I've mentioned that I like red wine and pizza. So uh, I'm still slim as well So uh, I'm, and I'm keeping my nonna happy in, back in um the old country so ticking all the boxes ticking all the boxes so uh, i think that um people out there like i I get that a lot from from people in terms of like oh i had red wine last night i had pizza last night so it's good to see from a physique specialist as well um you know that that you can just eat those things i just wanted to ask you as well before we wrap up on the two things that we could take away from the nutrition side what's your thoughts on uh uh, paleo and ketogenic diet because they're both pretty popular at the mm. moment as well. So, yep. you know, the intermittent fasting uh, and, you know, that's sort of putting yourself a calorie deficit, only eating between a certain period of times. Is it the similar kind of concept as flexible dieting or is there a difference um, mm. with that? Because, yeah, I just I wanted to see the difference between all three and which one's the best one. Yeah, so... Flex, intermittent fasting pretty much kind of, I'm not 100% sure, but I, I'm fairly sure it kind of come from someone who was basically doing that flexible dieting, you know, if it fits your macros type of stuff. I could be completely mm-hmm. wrong, but in the end of the day, like I've, like I've said, whether it's paleo, whether it's vegan, whether it's ketogenic, whether it's, you know, whatever diet it is, intermittent fasting, you have to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight. You know, whether you do that in a six-hour period, like or six or eight, six or eight-hour period, like you would with intermittent fasting, whether you do that with paleo, where you're, you know, um, eating a paleo diet, whether you do it eating a vegan diet, whatever it is, the the one thing they all have in common is that to lose weight, they're in a calorie deficit, and I think that's mm. the biggest thing to take away from it. If you're doing one of those diets for the fact of losing fat or losing weight but you don't actually enjoy doing it. You're just doing it because you've heard it works, but you would mm. rather be eating a balanced diet and, and still enjoying yourself from time to time, then don't do it. Do it, follow flexible dieting and, and actually enjoy what you're eating. But if you genuinely feel better on a paleo diet, which a lot of people do, then that's fine. Then stick to yeah. that. I, I, I just think if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, then you know, you're know you wasting your time because you could be just eating a balanced diet, which I think is the most beneficial beneficial way of of going about things and the other thing to take into account is things like 
let's say ketogenic or as I mentioned before, like no carb or, or something like that. The reason that they work is not because you're not eating carbs, it's because you've taken a massive chunk of calories out of your diet because you've just completely cut out a whole macronutrient group. So you're now in a calorie deficit. You know, people go, oh, like I need to lose weight, I'm going to cut my carbs. If you cut your fats, you'd get the same result. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you cut your calories and you were still eating a, a balance of protein, carbohydrates and fats, but you were eating the same amount of calories as what you were with no carbs, your results would be the same. And that's what a lot of people kind of have the wrong idea of, of some of these diets. But yeah, like I said, regardless of what diet it is, the one thing they all have in common is to lose weight, they're in, you got to be eating in a calorie deficit. Yeah, and, and I like that concept because it's sustainable. And you mentioned that before, flexibility equals sustainability. And yeah. I've tried the ketogenic diet and um, yeah, I felt as though for a longer period of time for the rest of my life, uh, I found that it, it wasn't going to you know sustain me, and it's the same with I've given the vegetarian uh, a go as well. You know, I just feel felt as though it just wasn't right for my body. Yeah, and that's that's something that do you think that an essence of self awareness is an important important factor as well? Like that just doesn't work for me, or is it you have to you know push it push through it until the point that you get the discipline? Mm. Um, which yeah, one like, do you like, reckon is more yeah, beneficial? I, I, it's the same as training. You have to enjoy the way you're eating. So you might try a vegan diet. You might try paleo and whatnot. And you might, you know, you might, like a lot of the time as well, you do need to give yourself enough time to actually see the benefit. Like I've, mm. you know, I hear of people who try like different diets, you know, a new diet each week over the span of X amount of weeks and see which one they like best. But you're not going to see the benefits of what this diet claims to give you in one week. You need to spend... Yeah. A month, two months following this diet, if you really want to see those benefits, things like paleo and whatnot, where they where they show their um, their blood blood work that they get done and how it's changed their blood work and stuff, you're not going to see any benefits like that in one week. So if that's why you're doing it, then you need to be doing it for an extended period of time to get that benefit. But if you start eating in a certain way and within a week or two weeks, you're just thinking to yourself, why am I doing this? Like I don't enjoy this at all. And I don't feel any better. I don't, you know, I just don't want to actually be doing it. Then don't, don't do it. Yeah, it's that simple. Yeah. I think. Awesome. Last question, man. Thank you for so much for your time so far. No problem. What about two or you mentioned three for training? Two or three uh, tips that that we can uh, guide on, guide ourselves on that flexible dieting method. Yep. So the first thing is to lose weight. You need to be in a calorie deficit. To gain weight, you need to be in a calorie surplus. To main, maintain your weight, you just need to be eating at your maintenance level. The second thing is there's no such thing as good or bad foods. There is just calories. Um, there's obviously better nutrients in certain foods, but when it comes to body composition, you know one food is not going to make you leaner than another food. It does come down to that that calorie intake. And you know, I guess the third thing, just same as same as training before, you just need to make sure whatever you're doing that you enjoy it and you're going to be able to stick to it for more than a few weeks. Um, If you're constantly thinking about your diet or having to, you know, miss out on social events and miss out on all this type of stuff just for the sake of a diet, then it's probably not the right thing to be following. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dan Kennedy, the man. So when when are you actually doing your physique competition? How far away did you say you were from? Um, So at this stage, stage, uh, the first one will be in six weeks from now. So... 
that'll be in Melbourne, and there's possibly going to be another one a few weeks after that. So, yeah, all things are everything's kind of on track at the moment. So if that all stays on track, then first first one will be uh, I think it might be the 24th of September. So about six weeks from now. Awesome, man. So can we can we check in with you again and see how you're going with everything? Hundred percent, man. Yeah, for sure. Sure. Yeah, that's unbelievable. So, and also, what I want to ask is, do you, do you feel as though that the physique thing is a, a long term uh, sport for you as well, or is that a, just a, uh, a thing that you're enjoying right now? Is it, or is it like this is your sport because you gave up basketball because of your injuries? Is this like your yeah. new thing? Yeah. Look, I just enjoy it because. You know, when I first did it, I thought I'll do this and I'll just tick it off the bucket list and it's done. But once you finish, you kind of the, the beauty of it is that there's always something that you can improve on. It's not like this team scored more points than this team, so they win. It's like, yeah, all right, this time, even if you did win, your chest could be a lot better, or you could have been leaner, or you could have been bigger, or you could have done it in a way that didn't put as much stress on your social life or your family life or your relationship or whatever. So there's always something that you can work on, which I really enjoy. And also, it just takes a lot of discipline. Like There's so many people that either try it or say they're going to try it and don't finish it. So just getting through that, you know, for me this time around, it's going to be 20 or you know, 20 plus weeks of prepping for this. Um, where everything is extremely strict. So that feeling at the end of it where you know you've been able to really stick it out um, when it gets tough because it does get tough is is kind of addicting. Um, so, you know, I, I do plan on doing more in the future, but it's not something that, you know, like I'm trying to make my living off. For me, it just does help me because it gives me good content to post to help other mm. people. It, you know, it's just a way of learning new things about your body every time you do it. Um, and like I said, it's just a challenge to see how much you can push yourself. And in the end of the day, it's even though you are competing against other people, it's always you versus you in this sport, I feel. Like if I get on stage in September and look better than what I did the last time I got on stage, then that's a win regardless of what I place on the day. So that's – and it, it always comes down to you. You can't blame anyone else because you're the one that has to diet. You're the one that has to train. You have to get take your recovery seriously. Um, it's all up to you. So that's that's what I like about it anyway. So – you know, for me, it's just you know I, I've put a lot more focus now on my business and and everything as well. So um, it's definitely not the end of the world if I if I'm not competing. But like I said, it is it is a challenge. So I'll definitely be doing some more in the future for sure. Yeah, mate. I'm all out of questions. I've got what I needed to know from from <laughs> yourself, mate. And I really appreciate it because this is the the wellness show, and and we need to touch on physique and and the, what it's like to be a physique specialist and and what what goes into to um getting to that level and you know the beauty of it is it's it, you know it is hard and it's easy like it, it's easy to think about in a way like you don't have to give up everything that you want yeah and it is hard because you have to put in the hard work in terms of the training and you have to put in the discipline mm. so i like that concept mate so thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it and that that's a wrap up for today's show and I'll, I'll be posting this on um yeah our, our weekend wellness show potentially next week uh in between segments so and I'm, I'm super excited to see what the end result is and hopefully you can listen in next week on bondi radio 100 thanks heaps for having me on man appreciate it no worries i appreciate it buddy thank you all right, guys, it's me again. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you could do me a huge favor and leave a review on the episode today if you enjoyed it, 
even better, take a screenshot and post it up on your social media, your Instagram story, your Snapchat, or wherever you spend most time and you have other friends that could benefit from today's episode as well. Thanks always for tuning in and I look forward to chatting to you again in next week's episode.